Welcome to Talk Before Wicket. In today's episode, we'll cover Pakistan's victory over Bangladesh in the men's 2023 ODI World Cup, Mohammad Shami's exceptional performance, Afghanistan's improved World Cup record, Inzamam Ulhaq's resignation as Pakistan chief selector, England's crucial upcoming games, India's wait for Hardik Pandya's fitness update, and Australia's concerns with their middle-order batting and Mitchell Stark's performance. Hey there, cricket fans. The men's 2023 ODI World Cup is heating up, and we're inching closer to the grand finale on November 19th. Exciting stuff, right? Let's kick things off with the top story of the day. Bangladesh's hopes of progressing in the tournament came crashing down after a sensational performance by Pakistan. Led by Shaheen Shah Afridi, who now holds the record for being the fastest to reach 100 ODI wickets for quick bowlers, Pakistan dismissed Bangladesh for just 204 runs. But the real star of the match was Fakhar Zaman, who delivered a stunning knock of 81 runs off just 74 balls, propelling Pakistan to a seven-wicket victory. This win not only kept Pakistan's semi-final dreams alive, but also boosted their confidence and net run rate. Now let's dive into some match analysis. Despite not being touted as one of the best bowlers in the tournament, Shaheen Shah Afridi has been a force to reckon with. He is currently tied for the highest number of wickets in the World Cup, with an economy rate of an impressive 5.22 runs per over, and taking a wicket every 23 balls. It's quite an achievement, considering the challenges faced by bowlers, who have limited overs to make an impact, unlike batsmen who can stay on the crease for longer periods. Rashid Khan knows this struggle all too well, having to consistently fight for success in similar circumstances. Shifting gears, let's talk about Pakistan's back-end bowler, Wasim. Aruj Mumtaz believes that Wasim adds great value to Pakistan's bowling attack. His contribution has proved crucial in numerous matches throughout the tournament. In other news, the Royal Dutch Cricket Federation, KNCB, received news that their performance in the 2023 ODI World Cup could potentially lead to qualification for the 2025 Champions Trophy. They believe that securing a top eight finish in India would not only provide stability, but also attract new sponsors. Meanwhile, England opener Dawid Milan emphasises the pressure on his team as they prepare for their clash against Australia, stating that people's jobs are on the line, adding an extra edge to the upcoming matches. Looking ahead, we have an exciting match on the horizon. New Zealand will take on South Africa in Pune. Sanjay Mandrakar expresses his doubts about South Africa, saying they still lack conviction. This rivalry between the two teams has produced some heart-stopping games in the past and we can't wait to see how this encounter unfolds. It will have a significant impact on the points table and shape the playoff race. Can you believe it? Mohamed Shami is tearing up the World Cup in India. It shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone. Shami is the kind of bowler who relentlessly sends the ball flying towards the stumps, with his wrist position almost always on point. He has a knack for being deceptive and can deliver top-notch overs at any stage of an innings. In fact, his performance is so exceptional that no other bowler in this World Cup even comes close to his numbers. Let's address the elephant in the room right away. Shami has only played two matches so far in this tournament. One of those matches was on a pitch in Lucknow that heavily favoured the bowlers against an England team that has been giving away their wickets like candies on Halloween. But it was Shami's 5 for 54 on a batting surface in Dharamsala against New Zealand that truly showcased his brilliance. His ability to seam the ball, roll his fingers and produce variations that keep batters on their toes was evident throughout the match. 
In the death overs, where India truly excelled, Shami bowled three spectacular overs, costing only 17 runs and claiming three wickets. He executed a remarkable in-swinging Yorker to dismiss Mitchell Santner, followed by uprooting Matt Henry's leg stump and having Daryl Mitchell caught at long on. His skills were on full display, making it incredibly difficult for batsmen to get underneath his deliveries. It's hard not to wonder why India kept Shami on the bench for so long. How did they possibly conceive a World Cup eleven without him? Some argued it was for balance, but sometimes the idea of balance can cloud better judgment. Shardul Thakur, who was preferred over Shami, was expected to contribute with both bat and ball. However, Thakur's batting average is only a few runs higher than Shami's, and having someone who can pass the strike to more proficient batsmen seems like the safer bet. When it comes to defending any score in this World Cup, there's no better attack than India's, especially with Shami leading the charge. His record speaks for itself. In 13 World Cup games across three editions, he has taken a staggering 40 wickets at an average of 14. 07 and an economy rate below 5. His average is comfortably the best among bowlers, with more than 20 World Cup wickets. Looking beyond the Thakur debate, Shami should undoubtedly be a part of India's playing 11 ahead of Mohamed Siraj. Siraj had been touted as the premier new ball bowler leading up to the World Cup, but Shami's current form suggests that he might just surpass him. Siraj has struggled in this tournament, averaging 48, 33 overall and 61. 0-0 in the first 10 overs. As the tournament progresses and the pitches wear down, there are very few fast bowlers in the world you'd rather have on your side than Shami. Perhaps Jasprit Bumrah is the only one who can rival him. With his determined aim at the stumps and impressive wicket-taking, Shami is proving to be an invaluable asset to the Indian team. So let's talk about Afghanistan's incredible turnaround in the World Cup. In 2019, they didn't win a single game. But fast forward to 2023, and they are now within touching distance of the top four. How did they manage this? Well, it all comes down to their batting plans. One key moment in their recent match against Sri Lanka was Mohamed Nabi's catch at the boundary. It was a clean catch, and it made a big difference. Nabi had a slight mishap earlier when a shot went through his hands, costing Afghanistan four runs. But overall, their ground fielding was strong and it played a crucial role in limiting Sri Lanka's score to 241. Afghanistan's batting strategy revolves around building in 10 over periods. They have a whiteboard in the dressing room with clearly marked targets. They aim for 50 runs after 10 overs, 100 after 20 and so on. This approach helps them break down the target into smaller, manageable goals. Their batting has improved from being occasionally erratic to being methodical. They have shown steadiness in their approach and have scored over 270 runs against strong teams like India, England and Pakistan. Even when they went without boundaries between the 10th and 20th over in the chase, they maintained composure and turned it into a mini-vigil. Coach Jonathan Trott believes in this approach and emphasises the importance of accepting responsibility and playing good cricket shots. He is thrilled to see the players' confidence in their own abilities and their ability to score runs by focusing on the basics. This change in mindset has brought them success and they now sit in fifth place on the points table. With a few more games to go, they still have a chance to make it to the semi-finals. Their next challenge is to score a century and they are determined to achieve it. The transformation of Afghanistan's cricket team has been remarkable and they are not done yet. They are motivated to keep improving and show the world what they are capable of. 
Inzamam Ulhaq, the former Pakistan captain and chief selector, has resigned from his role with immediate effect. The decision came after he met with PCB chairman Zaka Ashraf in Lahore, following concerns that were raised about a potential conflict of interest. Reports in the Pakistan media suggested that Inzamam is one of the directors of a UK-based company called Yazoo International Loted, which also includes Talha Rahmani, the managing director of Saya Corporation, an agency that represents several prominent players in the Pakistan cricket team. These reports have sparked uncomfortable questions about whether it is appropriate for the national selector to have ties to a company that includes a player agent as a director. The fact that Mohammad Rizwan, a player subject to Inzamam's selection decisions, is also listed as a director raises further concerns. Inzamam, in response, has decided to step down to allow for a transparent inquiry into the conflict of interest allegations. He expressed his willingness to resume his role if he is cleared in the probe. The PCB chairman has stated that the allegations will be investigated by a five-member fact-finding committee. The wording of the PCB's statement suggests that the matter is being taken seriously, as the conflict of interest is directly linked to the team selection process. This development occurs within a broader context of turmoil within the PCB, both on and off the field. The management committee, led by Zaka Ashraf, is nearing the end of its tenure, and questions remain about the upcoming elections for the role of PCB chairman. Additionally, Pakistan's poor performance at the World Cup, with four consecutive losses, has further heightened the challenges faced by the board. This situation highlights the need for transparency and accountability in cricket administration, as conflict of interest issues can undermine the integrity of the sport. England's cricket team has found themselves in a tight spot as they head to Ahmedabad for their next few games. They know they must win at least one of these matches to avoid the embarrassment of missing out on the next global men's 50-over event in 2025. The International Cricket Council, ICC, made a change to the qualification process but failed to announce it publicly until recently, which blindsided the England team. Despite significant changes within the England Cricket Board, ECB, the prospect of finishing outside the top eight teams would never have crossed their minds given their past success in white ball cricket. However, with five defeats out of six matches in this World Cup, they find themselves dead last in the standings. The pressure is on for England to turn things around. Their upcoming fixtures against Australia, Netherlands and Pakistan will be crucial, with the match against the Netherlands potentially being a qualification decider. The Dutch team has a history of defeating England in past tournaments and will be eager to do so again. The England players are fully aware of the stakes at hand. They understand that their performances in this World Cup will not only determine their future in the team, but also pave the way for other players to get opportunities in future tournaments like the Champions Trophy. Despite the realistic chances of reaching the semi-finals dwindling, they are determined to finish strong and restore some pride for England. Dawid Malan, England's leading run scorer in the tournament, acknowledges that his international career may be coming to an end before the 2025 Champions Trophy. At 36 years old, he believes that it is a long way away and that he will focus on white ball cricket for the remainder of his career. Criticism of the team has been mounting after each defeat, but Milan downplayed concerns about central contracts being a distraction and supported Ian Morgan's criticism of their underperformance. He believes it is the players' responsibility to support head coach Matthew Mott and alleviate some of the pressure. Though they may not be mathematically out of the World Cup yet, England understands the reality of the situation. 
They won't simply go through the motions, but will play with pride, aiming to secure their spot in the Champions Trophy in two years' time. Malan expresses that they are determined to turn things around and show their true potential with the bat. Malan also revealed that he will not be participating in the county championship for Yorkshire next year. He intends to prioritise white ball cricket and spend more time at home due to the busy international and franchise tournament schedule. Overall, England knows the importance of their upcoming matches and is eager to show their capabilities on the field. India are keeping a close eye on Hardik Pandya's fitness ahead of their upcoming match against Sri Lanka in Mumbai on November 2nd. Pandya has been sidelined for the past two games against New Zealand and England due to ligament damage in his left ankle. This injury occurred when he awkwardly fell during the match against Bangladesh on October 19th. The medical team is actively monitoring Pandya's progress and is in regular contact with the National Cricket Academy. India's bowling coach, Paris Mambre, mentioned that they are expecting an update in the next few days, but it remains uncertain when Pandya will be fit to return to the field. In the absence of Pandya, India made two changes to their playing 11. Mohamed Shami and Surya Kumar Yadav came in to strengthen the team, while Shardul Thakur was left out. Shami has been performing remarkably well since his return to the team, taking five wickets against New Zealand and four for 22 from seven overs against England. Despite their confidence in Pandya's abilities as an all-rounder, India is unlikely to rush his comeback. With the team already on the verge of securing a spot in the semi-finals and winning comfortably without Pandya, they can afford to be cautious. Their next match following the one against Sri Lanka is against South Africa in Kolkata on November 5th. So, Australia's cricket team is on a winning streak in the World Cup with four consecutive victories under their belt. They have overcome their initial struggles and are now in a strong position to make it to the semi-finals. However, there are still a few areas of concern that need to be addressed. One of the key issues is the performance of the middle-order batsmen. While the openers have been laying strong foundations, the middle-order hasn't been contributing significantly. In fact, there have been instances where the middle-order has been a hindrance and had to be rescued by late-order hitters like Glenn Maxwell. This inconsistency needs to be resolved to maintain the momentum throughout the innings. Another concern is the role of all-rounders Marcus Stoinis and Cameron Green. Australia had planned to include multiple all-rounders in their lineup, but injuries have been a setback. Stoinis's fitness is a major concern and Green has been left out in favour of specialist batters. The team needs to find the right balance with their all-rounders to strengthen both the batting and bowling departments. Moreover, Mitchell Stark's bowling performance has been below par compared to his past World Cup performances. He has struggled with form and injuries and Australia needs him to step up and contribute more with the ball. Overall, Australia has made improvements and found their winning style of play. They have been more aggressive in both batting and bowling, and the team is determined to maintain this standard throughout the tournament. With a few adjustments and resolving the existing concerns, Australia has a good chance of going far in the World Cup. In this episode, we covered highlights from the men's 2023 ODI World Cup including Pakistan's victory over Bangladesh, Mohammad Shami's outstanding performance, Afghanistan's improved record, Inzamam Ulhaq's resignation, England's need for wins, India's update on Hardik Pandya's fitness, and the concerns surrounding Australia's middle-order batting and Mitchell Stark's performance. Thank you for joining us today on Talk Before Wicket, the podcast dedicated to keeping you up to date with all the latest cricket news. 
We appreciate your time and look forward to continuing our engaging discussions in our next episode. Don't forget to subscribe and be part of our passionate cricket loving community. 